0: At New Belgium Brewing, we celebrate the autumn harvest by mashing pale and wheat malt with rye and oats to create a creamy
1: cornucopia of hoppiness, Hoptober Golden Ale.
0: Five hops form a bonfire of citrus notes, fruity cheers, and a bold finale. Throw another log on the fire and enjoy. Employee-owned, wind-powered, committed to sustainability, New Belgium Brewing. Follow your
1: folly. Ours is beer. Find your flavor online at NewBelgium.com.
0: With additional support from Kuat Racks and Patagonia. This is The Shorts. You're listening to the Dirtbag Diaries.
1: The sun set as Scotty, the no-cal hippie, and our resident geologist and astronomer explained the geology of the High Sierra. Tectonic plates converge and collide. The less dense plate rises up as the denser ocean plate is thrust underneath forming what geologists call a zone of subduction. Scotty illustrated his point with extended fingers, fingertips touching, knuckles buckling upward symbolizing the coastal range and high Sierra uplift. We sat at our camp table. Two dads, two seven-year-old boys and Scotty the hippie. Beneath us We imagine the tectonic collision that kept these mountains afloat. In the morning, we geared up for a 12 mile horseback ride into the emigrant wilderness north of Yosemite. This was Tom's idea. He had invited me and my seven year old son, Lucas, to come along with his son, Champ. I saw six days in the backcountry as a little initiation of sorts. I was a little nervous. Lucas was at a strange age, no longer a little boy, but not a preteen. He still had a tendency to throw monumental tantrums. One moment he would speak like a young boy growing up, and the next devolve into the tantrums of a toddler, desperately clinging to his last remnants of that cute mop-haired preschooler. Eventually, he would devolve into a frenzied crescendo of crying and whining. It was an emotional tick of sorts. I had prepped Tom best I could on the drive up from L.A. Tom knowingly smiled, but he had no way of knowing the extent. That first day, we rode five hours over perfect Sierra Meadows and Granite Steps. Our trail guide was the real deal, a cowboy named Dale. Dale called his horse Spirited. I call it demon possession. The boys idolized him from the moment they heard his cowboy wisdom. He could get away with saying things like, Come on, boys, cowboy up. This ain't no picnic. They responded directly to him. It didn't work as well when I tried it. Cowboy up sounded ridiculous coming out of my mouth. We topped out at Deer Lake in mid-afternoon, surrounded by granite domes, water punctuated by islands of stone, pine, and wildflowers, the place was all ours. In the backcountry, there's a strange mix of self-reliance and community. Each individual must take care of himself, and the whole must depend on each other to complete the menial tasks like hygiene, cooking, shitting, washing dishes, getting water, building fires, collecting wood, and having a great time hiking, scrambling, exploring, and fishing. Now the burbs make us soft. Self-reliance and community are not concepts easily understood and digested by adults, much less seven-year-olds. Cowboy up, a term that never would have passed my lips in the city, gained a certain eloquence, a kind of poetry that summed up the need for these young boys, not little, but not yet big, to step up to responsibility. As the week progressed, the fishing improved, the views became bigger, the smells more familiar, the nights more comfortable, and I felt my little boy grow into a less little boy. The first eruption happened near the beginning of the trip. Lucas refused to do something for his own safety, went into a ferocious tantrum and was grounded from grafting on the lake. Now we had packed in all our gear on mules, thus why not pack rafts twelve miles into the back country? Scotty, now dubbed Uncle Scotty, who lives in an intentional community in Northern California, invited us on a short hike post time out. Uncle Scotty stood lanky and unassuming, a calm, gentle presence. We wandered up the draw behind camp through downed pines, granite steps, tree roots resembling dragons to a granite ridge overlooking three lakes crowned by menacing clouds and light that characterizes the Sierra. Scotty smiled dryly at Lucas and said, Welcome to Lucas's Point. We stared out at the shape of the lake contained by the shore, the contrasts from clear blue to deep green, Tom and Champ fishing on the island, the peaks bordering and hiding Yosemite far away. The sun was warm and cold at the same time. We just sat soaking it in. Satisfaction overwhelmed me as Lucas and I gripped the spiritual nature of the Sierra. After steeping in the view, Lucas's time out from rafting was complete. We headed for the lake. Our cheap two-man raft was just the ride we needed. Floating on Deer Lake, Lucas young, and from his perspective, me, old, We navigated the deep snowmelt waters. Moving at the water's surface, wind right in our faces, this place was smaller, more intimate. We moved at the pace of the current. We floated together, idling away the afternoon with fresh trout and multiple snake sightings. Later back at camp, Lucas and I talked. A talk we could never really have in L.A. A talk about what it means to support each other in the backcountry. Standing beside our tent, preparing for dinner, I said, It's weird, because instead of us actually leaning on each other, it's like there's this space between us we lean on that is both empty and full. It gives us room to breathe, but also holds us up together. I'm not sure I completely got what I meant, but Lucas seemed to understand. days passed. The hikes were long, some on trail and some cross-country. The tantrums persisted. If parenting is nothing else, it is humbling. As I threw my 50-pound son over my shoulder, screaming and crying, my head sagging with embarrassment, the mantra in my head stating, hold your head high. I tried to reason with him, sit with him, discipline him, But once again, cowboy wisdom was the only thing that made sense. Cowboy up. More fishing, hiking, map reading, stargazing and astronomy lessons from Uncle Scotty, adventuring, guidebook searches for the cool black and red bird. The boys loved it, but the tantrum still came. The other men could see how I had been worn down by the incessant question. Why? When tantrums neared, they stepped up. Scotty and Tom would simply say, I back your dad up. This diffused many a potential eruption. I'm sure they harbored secret fantasies of us going off to our own campground, but the way in which they rallied was admirable. The boys were asked to do more and more around camp. The Sybil-like behavior continued, but less frequently. The week went fast, and we got more and more into the Sierra groove. The night before the cowboys brought the horses back for the ride out, the boys came running. They had found a nest. White-breasted nuthatches had been spotted, identified, and enjoyed. The boys sat by the lake in the brush and watched as a baby bird poked out of its shell and entered the world. Pure magic. A perfect moment. Their enthusiasm was overwhelming. We dropped what we were doing and sprinted to the spot of the nest to see a piece of what they had seen. Life unfiltered and new, emerging in an unrepeatable moment. You could see the boys' eyes, the fire and the excitement that no show on Animal Planet could ever duplicate. The boys vigorously yanked the branch down to show the nest. We quickly, probably too quickly, cautioned them to be gentle and not to touch the birds as the mother may reject the babies. We all basked in the glow of the moment. Later after a good dinner of stew and canned mandarin oranges, we retired into the twilight with a little tequila and a campfire. The boys asked for the containers from the oranges and a paper towel to line them. We queried what they were for and they replied, adventuring, We left it at that and let them idle away their final night. I sat in my own glow. The tantrums in the baby voice Lucas clung to had subsided for almost two days. He was like a new kid. I could feel the Sierra changing him, like it had once cradled my curious, sensitive, adventurous heart as a boy. ¶¶ next morning, the guides arrived with the horses and mules. We mounted up for the 12-mile ride back, content, dirty, and renewed. When Lucas mounted his horse, he asked the horse's name. Seth, our cowboy guide, replied, Bob. Uncle Scotty, in true cowboy fashion, retorted dryly, Nothing's new. He's been riding Bob all week. Laughter and dust filled the air. Oddly, Lucas refused to let me open his camel back to fill it with water. I decided to let him live with this decision. The ride back was beautiful and painful. We laughed our asses off when we trotted. At the trailhead, we spent one more night at Crabtree Campground before the long drive back to L.A. in the morning. That night, the tantrums returned. Lucas refused to help. The baby voice erupted. My patience was thinner than the raw skin on my ass. Tom stepped in. He tried admirably to reason with Lucas that we like the big Lucas, not the baby Lucas. He called the growing up Lucas Luke and the baby Lucas Lukey. This whole line of reasoning made me sad. I could see Lucas's eyes start to well up with tears as Tom spoke lovingly and directly of growing up. Our eyes connected. I stopped Tom with a tap on the shoulder and picked up Lucas in my arms. Tom graciously and wordlessly took Champ to the stream as Lucas settled into my lap. I told him how much I loved him, but it was time to grow up just a little, to become that big boy he is. He looked at my tear-filled eyes and wrapped his arms around my neck, saying, I want to stay your baby. We cried together as I whispered, You will always be my baby boy, Lucas. Feeling tired and weary From my head down to my shoes After our final astronomy lesson from Uncle Scotty, Champ was clearly distraught. He and Tom had a talk away from the fire in earshot, and then Tom had Champ tell us what was going on. He explained that back at Deer Lake, when they had seen the bird hatch, they had actually touched the baby birds. They were so afraid the birds would be rejected by their mother and die, they hatched a plan to save them. Thus the orange containers, the paper towel lining, the concealing of the camelback, the twilight adventuring the night before. Two birds had hatched, the boys placed them in their orange container nests, found worms for them to eat, and placed them in their packs for the 12-mile ride out. They swore they survived the trip. We had a long talk about heroes and honesty, respecting wilderness and accepting consequences of our actions, and the hard truth that the baby birds had not survived despite their protests that their plan had worked. We inspected the orange-colored hairless aliens in their manufactured nests and planned a funeral service for the next morning. Tears flowed. Apologies happened. Heroic intentions to save the baby birds were validated and applauded. We crawled into our tents and fell asleep, exhausted.
0: Got to load
1: After a spiritually and emotionally intense trip like this, I couldn't help but hear Uncle Scotty describing the Sierra's geology. The lighter, younger plate collides with the denser, older plate. It's a violent process, but to our eyes it moves imperceptibly in peaceful geologic time. The older, denser plate sweeps underneath, scraping off the surface of the younger, lighter plate as it flows above. New coastal ranges lift upward. The ancient Sierra Nevada continue to grow, to stretch towards the sky in a perfect and beautiful scar. And we stand adrift on solid ground, floating on these zones of Subduction. My name is Bob Knightum, and this is my short.
0: Bob Knightum lives, works, and follows his passion for painting in Los Angeles. Lucas has has already talked his dad into a trip down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon for his 11th birthday. Right now we're in the Sierra, even though I'm talking to you, which is why I love technology. Just because we are gone. Doesn't mean that we don't want to hear from you. Our friend Allie is running the show, so if you've got a story idea, a comment, or whatever, you can send it to her at dirtbagdiaries at earthlink.net. Music from today's show is up on our site, dirtbagdiaries.com. Shorts are made possible by New Belgium Brewing. For those of you in Colorado and in the Southeast, you can still catch the second half of the Clips of Faith Tour. It's a complete New Belgium style movie event bonanza created by people like you and me. This is a bunch of films they put together and put on tour. And you can find out scheduling information at clipsoffaith.com Support comes from Kuat Racks. If you're interested in Bike Rack, friend these guys on Facebook. If you've got questions about something, it's a great place to go for Bike Rack information. Find out more information at kuatracks.com And as always, the shorts are made possible by Patagonia. I'm Fitz Cahal, that was Bob Knightum, and you've been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries
1: Just a low down feeling truck drivers blue.